Imagine you wake up one morning and something feels different. No, it's not your allergies. It's not COVID. If anything, you feel sharper. You need less sleep. You can multitask and read at lightning speed. What's really going on with you? Turns out your genome has been hacked. Tiny changes have been made to your DNA to make you a bit of a superhuman. But at what cost? This is the plot of a new science fiction novel that mixes real science concepts like CRISPR with a fast-paced detective story that's all woven artfully together by my guest Blake Crouch, author of this new book called Upgrade. You may recall his last appearance with us about his past book, Dark Matter. Welcome back to Science Friday. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you. I want to begin by playing a little clip from the last time you were on Sci-Fi back in 2016, talking about dark matter, and you were wondering out loud what your next book would be. I'm really interested to dig in on something new that piques my curiosity. In fact, that's what I'm. That's where I'm at right now in terms of figuring out my next book, looking for that special thing that just checks oh. the box in my head that makes me want to dive in and, and, and I know, spend a I know few what years. it is. I know what it is. Oh, tell me. It's CRISPR. CRISPR? You know what CRISPR is? No, I've never heard of it. Oh, CRISPR is the latest technology to edit genes. You can Ooh. splice and dice genes. You can, you know, they're, they're even talking about creating life forms now, synthetic life forms with this oh my new goodness. tool. It sounds, Blake, like our conversation may have sparked an interest in the topic. So do I owe you royalties on this book or something? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah. just a little asterisk, that's all. <laughs> it was uh, really uh, fortunate that I got to come on Sci-Fi uh, Back for Dark Matter. And, you know, the idea of, of writing a gene editing thriller was sort of circling my uh, my wheelhouse, but I hadn't done any research and I hadn't didn't know what CRISPR was and, and once I started I'll be honest once I started digging into it I said uh, God that looks like a lot of research and I didn't write this book next I wrote uh, a different one recursion but after I finished recursion I said to myself it's time if if you're not gonna bite the bullet and and jump into this when are you ever gonna do it so thank you for uh, the inspiration well my it's my pleasure we're full service here at Science Friday. <laughs> Um. <laughs> well, I, I'll expect you to have my next book oh, idea goodness. by the end of our talk. Oh, good. I had better start thinking. Well, let's start off speaking of our talk with a synopsis of this book, which I we, we were already talking about it being about gene editing, and it's a bit frightening. Give us a little thumbnail of what goes on. Sure. The protagonist of the book is a gentleman named Logan Ramsey. He's an agent with this fictional government agency called the Gene Protection Agency, and they're tasked with policing gene experimentation, because in the world of the book, we're living in this post-disaster moment in time. This this horrible event called the Great Starvation killed about 200 million people. Um, and it was actually Logan's mother, Miriam, who, while doing some gene research and editing in China, accidentally unleashed this leaf blight that reprogrammed the breadbasket crops of the world. Uh, and as a result, famine hit. And he's working for this gene agency, trying to sort of make amends, trying to find some atonement when he is exposed on a raid of a suspected dark lab to something that might just be modifying his genome. Whoa. And that's all because there was a law called the Gene Protection Act, as you say, that, that has outlawed all private 
and university genetic research. Gene editing is a federal crime. That's right. That's right. I mean, there are some laws today. Uh, Congress uh, banned germline gene editing uh, a number of years ago. So it is there. It is still a highly regulated field of research even now. What I'm imagining has taken that those regulations and really ratcheted them down. You know, it sounds like you're you're taking on a Margaret Atwood sort of attitude about this. That you're not talking about science fiction. She refuses to call her work science fiction because it's all possible, right? And what you're talking about is all possible. I don't really even know how much longer I could consider myself a science fiction writer because I do feel like we're living in the future now. I feel like the future is sort of here, and a lot of the technologies that I that interest me and that are in my books are. I mean, they're here. Maybe we don't have the full mastery of them as the characters do in my books, but they're right around the corner. Um, and I think it's important, especially with something like gene editing, which is hands down the most extraordinary discovery of our time. Not just of our time, probably in human history. More than splitting the atom, more than anything else, the most extraordinary discovery of our time because it's tinkering with the source code of life and create new creatures. We can rewrite what it means to be human. And I, I, I think it's important that we start thinking about this stuff. I mean, when I was on your show a few years ago, I had not heard of CRISPR. I wonder how many people in your audience have heard of CRISPR, probably more because of the, you know, it's a science podcast or a science show. But I think that the average person out there, yeah, was like me and had heard of gene editing, but didn't really understand how extraordinary and how close we are to achieving some of these wild, wild feats of science. Yeah, and you describe some of them uh, because a lot of the scientists are, there are a lot of scientists who are the criminals in your book because they're breaking that law and they have all kinds of genetic crimes. They hacked cannabis and heroin, you say. They've made designer pets, spider silks and clothes, even designer bugs that could be used as weapons to attack people you don't like. That's right. Wow, I never thought of that, but that really is scary. It, it's terrifying. And it was interesting as I was really getting into the weeds of writing this book and, and, and going down the research path, my subject matter expert continually pushed me to actually think bigger, to think more terrifying. His name is uh, Dr. Michael Wiles. Dr. Wiles would say, no, go, you can go bigger. Actually, what we're, what, what's on the horizon is much more terrifying than what you're imagining. This is Science Friday from WNYC Studios. In case you're just joining us, I'm talking to Blake Crouch about his new book, Upgrade. You know, what's interesting is that most of the criminals in your book are scientists, right? Because they are running afoul of this law and they're doing their science and uh, a lot of it is is bad. Uh, Did you get any pushback from scientists who say, you know, you're painting such a bad picture of science, we don't like that? One of the things that I was very sensitive to in writing Upgrade was that I don't want to paint science as especially geneticists who are doing this amazing work. I don't want to paint them with a negative brush. I, I, I want to call out that it has the potential to give us longevity. It has the potential to wipe out disease. It has the potential to solve food supply problems, but it also has some real downsides, some real terrifying possibilities that need to be addressed. I, one of the big moments for me as I was coming up with this book was reading uh, Jennifer Doudna's A Crack in Creation. Dr. Doudna is one of the co-creators of CRISPR. And Dr. Doudna talks in this book about 
having this nightmare soon after she had discovered CRISPR that Hitler had gotten his hands on it and imagining what that might wreak on the world. And I thought, well, I mean, if, if Dr. Taldna is this terrified of the downside potential of this technology, shouldn't we all be? Um, so I think it is a fine line of, of, of the possibilities and the drawbacks. And it's a, it's a conversation, I think, that we need to be having as a species. Yeah. And what are the lines about who makes the decisions, who makes the policy decisions, who judges what you can genetically engineer? And a lot of times, as you point that out in, in your book, and I'll read a line from it, uh, the ones that hurt were the raids on real scientists, those who'd been doing groundbreaking work for all humankind when governments panicked and made it practically impossible to be a genetic engineer. It's uh, something you can imagine happening. One of the inspirations for the Gene Protection Act was what happened in America after 9-11. After 9-11, there was this big recoil that came in the form of the Patriot Act that was quote unquote, designed to protect us, but it was also became a land grab for civil liberties. And I like to introducing the parallel with the Gene Protection Act, because I think a lot of times governments do have massive overreactions and pure science would definitely be on the chopping block in a scenario like I've presented in the book. Yeah. Do, do you think uh, there are other technologies besides gene editing that are that are ripe for overreach and possibly good subjects to write about? No. For sure. <laughs> I think the way that we are handing over our agency and choices to artificial intelligence is pretty scary. You order an Uber. I was ordering an Uber a couple days ago and texting with the driver and the app was giving me options to, you know, to say, hey, be right there or, I'll, you know, I'm running in late. And I just, you know, it seems innocuous. It seems simple. It's made to make our lives just a little bit easier. But I thought, what happens if you keep escalating that technology? What happens when AI knows us so well that it's communicating to our loved ones for us on our behalf, just to make it easier? Where does that slippery slope lead uh, as we continue to turn over the keys of agency and autonomy to data, the big tech? I mean, we're already doing it right now. We're already so compromised. I, I think that's another big place where technology is really going to change what it means to be human in the coming decades. What happens when the singularity arrives? Oh, Ira, uh, I mean, that's... Uh, there's your next <laughs> book. We, we've gotten your next book <laughs> scoped out right here. There it is. There it is. <laughs> there, there it is. All right. We have run out of time. Blake, thank you always for taking time to be with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Blake. Blake Crouch, author of the book Upgrade. He was connecting to us from Chicago. And the Cypher Book Club will be reading Blake's new book this August. And to find out more about how you can join our book club and to enter to win a free copy of your own, go to sciencefriday.com slash book club. 